Psalm 66. Notice with me in verse 12. The 66th Psalm, thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Notice that word through. You know, through is a very interesting word. You can say through different ways, like I'm through. Or I'm through. Or how about this? I'm through. I'm going through. You may be in something right now, but you're going through. Amen? How many of you have gotten to the other side of through before? It's an awesome thing, isn't it? When you get to the other side of through, it's a beautiful thing. So he says, you know, that we went through fire, we went through water, but you brought us into a wealthy place. A wealthy place. And we've been defining what a wealthy place is. And this wealthy place is directly now connected to God putting an increase into your life. Now, the word increase, the word increase now means to become greater. How many of you really, really are desiring some greater things in your life? Amen? You know, if you're married, uh, it's a good thing to apply your heart and your faith toward having even a greater marriage. You know, Brenda and I have been married 37 years, and it's been great. And it's been awesome, and it's been wonderful. But you know what? God's not finished. Our marriage can get greater. It can get better. Your marriage can get greater. It can get better. There can be an increase of love between a husband and a wife. There can be an increase of love among the brothers and the sisters in Christ in the local church. See, the increase means to become to become greater. It, it, it's not just money. You know, it's not just that area. But how many of you could use a little increase of peace in your life? You, you know, this time of year, uh, the holidays are upon us, right? Well, you don't have to let the holidays get you down. You can stay up and full of peace right in the middle of the holidays. And so there, there can be an increase of the peace of God. You know, I've been snagged by worry before. You know, circumstances have come against me. Circumstances have come against all. And I've been snagged by worry and yielded to fear. One thing I know for sure, any time and every time I've ever yielded to fear and worry, it hasn't been a good day. How about you? How many of you know you just walked around with you, a great big smile on your face and your whole being was full of anxiety? Uh-uh. No, God wants to not only give you peace, and really he did give you peace, didn't he, when you were born again? Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He said, my peace I give unto you. Okay? He said, this peace is not as the world gives that I'm given to you. And then he says, don't allow your heart to be troubled. Don't allow your life to be filled with fright and filled with fear. So when, when we got saved, he gave us his peace. But we have an enemy. And he walks about as a roaring lion, trying to rob, steal, and destroy, and take from us the peace of God. So this peace that's on the inside of you at the new birth can be increased. An increase. You can have greater peace tomorrow than you've got today. I like that. Because that tells me that God is not only the God of peace, 
But he is the God who will increase peace in my life. And when I face a tough situation, or when I face a mountain that is looming in my way, I can rely on this great, great peace that's on the inside of me. There can be an increase of peace. You see, in in Peter, he says that this, that, that God's grace and God's peace can be multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. I've discovered this, and I, I know you have too, that the more you allow this word to change your life, the greater peace you'll have in your life. The more that you cast your cares over on the Lord, the greater peace you'll have. Amen? I'm telling you, we serve a God who sustains us. And we serve a God, serve a God who gives you great peace. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you could use some greater income? Let's all, if you're on staff, you can raise your hands. That's all right. <laughs> how many of you, can, I mean, seriously, how many of you could use some greater, greater finance in your life? Well, that's not all of you. Okay, then bring some over here. Pass the buckets out. <laughs> no. Greater. Become greater even in the area of finance. You know, God's word holds the key for that as well. It really does. He says this, now if you'll put me first, I'll take care of the rest. If you'll just seek me first, my way of being and doing right, he said then all these things are going to be added into your life. Amen? I believe this, that the God of increase can bring increase and even wealth into your life and into my life. Amen? So, with those things being said, let's look over at Psalms 115. Let's look at 12 through 15. Psalms 12, Psalms uh, 115, and and notice with me over in uh, verses 12 through 15. Would you read that with me? Let's go. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron, verse 13. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Verse 14. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Now let's say it like this. Believe this and say this. The Lord Lord shall increase me me more and more, more. me and my children. children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we read a verse of scripture a couple of weeks ago when it says this. He increases his people greatly and makes his people stronger than their enemies. Stronger. When God increases you, you're stronger than the weakness that the enemy tries to bring in your life. When God increases you and causes you to become greater in your life, amen, you become stronger than worry. You become stronger than strife. The Lord increases us and makes us stronger and stronger in our spirit. Say with me, I'm strong in my spirit. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, one thing we said a couple of weeks ago to you is we must then make room for increase in our lives. Make room. Or you could say it like this. Develop 
a mindset for increase. We know it's the will of God, but just because it's the will of God doesn't necessarily, it's going to happen automatically. See, you and I have a part to play to cooperate, if you will, with God's increase program in our lives. Amen? Amen. And, and, and here's where um, a lot of the uh, problem lies with many people because they don't want to do anything. You know, Pastor, I'll do it if it's easy. Well, it is easy. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. But still there's our part to play. In anything with the Lord, there's always his part. But then there's also our part. So let's talk a little bit about what our part is. And how does God then uh, bring this increase into our life? What means does he use? How does he help us? I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. Somebody said, yeah, I already knew that. But do you need help? Man, I, I need help. I, I needed help when we, when we uh, thought about and prayed about purchasing this property. I needed help. I couldn't get hardly one acre in me, much less five. How I many of you know before you can really, really experience increase in your life, it's got to start on the inside. Amen? Nothing happens on the outside until something happens to you on the inside. You'll never have a greater marriage if you don't believe it. You'll never have greater peace if you don't believe it and you don't see it down on the inside. How many of you know that you're a spirit being? And spirit beings are created to really feed on vision. To feed on vision. And this is what we want to we work with just a little while this morning. How does God help us? Let's look first of all at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 11-13 in the Message Translation. We shared this a couple of weeks ago, but it bears repetition. He says, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. God's got a wide open, spacious life for you and me. He said, we didn't fence you in. You know, it's not where you grew up that's fencing you in. It's not your your mama and your papa, even though papa might have been a rolling stone. It's not your papa that's fencing you in. It wasn't the nuns that fenced me in growing up. No. It wasn't that I grew up in probably one of the coldest states in America that fenced me in. No. He said, we didn't fence you in. He said, now the smallness that you feel comes from where? The smallness that you feel, this is... uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 through 13 in the message translation. He says, the smallness that you feel comes from where? It comes from within you. Let's go to verse 12. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. He says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection Open up your lives, live openly, and live expansively. So what Paul is addressing here uh, to the church at Corinth is, is, I didn't constrict you. This smallness that you feel comes from within you. This insecurity that you have isn't something that I put on you. It's something that you have nurtured your entire life, and it's caused you to be small 
on the inside. Well, I believe that we can get out of that smallness. I believe that we can come into a wide, open space in God and through God. But it's going to come through a development and having a mindset of increase. First of all, you've got to believe it's His will for you to increase. You know, in 3 John 2, He says, Beloved, I pray or I wish above all things that you may what? That you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So as you get a mindset for increase and you renew your mind according to the Word of God, that's the first step, believing and renewing your mind to having increase in your life. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, let's say the rest, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. So when the devil moved out of your life and the Holy Spirit moved in, you've been liberated. You've been emancipated from bondage, And you have been brought into freedom. Now notice with me in verse 18. Let's look at this and break this down. It says, In all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold or to look in the word of God, as in in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured. Everyone say change. Change into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Spirit, from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Say this with me. I'm going going. from glory to glory. glory. I want you to keep this up here for a moment. Notice the word transfigured, which means changed. And notice the word behold. And notice the word, word of God. So it is saying this, that as I look into the Word of God, I'm seeing the glory of God. And as I continue to do so, I'm constantly being changed into the image of the Word that I am seeing. So He changes us by what we see. He changes us By what we see. You'll notice that this verse, if you really look at it and meditate on it, this verse really is speaking of a progression. It's speaking of a progression because it is saying that we're going from glory to glory. In other words, we're being changed. And the more we look, the more we behold, we're going to another degree of change or to another degree of glory. Now, if you'll couple that with Psalms 115, it lines up beautifully where it says, The Lord will increase you now. What? Glory to glory. Amen. Change to change. Transfigured to transfigured. More and more. Hallelujah. So here is a major key to becoming greater. Here is a major key. For me 
and for you to be changed and to be transfigured into the image of increase. Increase begins with a greater vision. Say it with me. The glory of God changes me. You can get so filled with God's glory and so filled with His Word and so changed by His glory that there'll come a place where you can actually conceive what you are seeing. Oh, friend, there is power and there is enablement in vision. I said there's power and there's enablement in vision. I can only do what I see the Father do. I can only be what the Father wants me to be. But when I tap in to this glorious law of liberty, the power of God is at work in me, and all of a sudden I begin to see more clearly His plan, His will for my life, and then it enables me to actually do it. Hallelujah. He changes us by what we see. He changes us by what we see. When I came off of drugs in 1974 and was in a treatment center for several months, I saw a lot of things. And I saw a lot of people. I saw people that had no absolutely no desire to get off of drugs. Absolutely no desire to stop drinking alcohol. I was in a huge treatment center with several men. And some of the men that were in there were in there as a result of the prison system giving them one more chance. Saying, now you go and you can be treated. And if you can overcome this, then we'll shorten your sentence or we'll forgive you of your sentence. So those guys... They had no desire to change. They just didn't want to go to jail. And their behavior really reflected the desire that they didn't have to change. Because one night, they went out and got a bunch of alcohol, a bunch of drugs, and just filled the whole treatment center with it. People were laying around drunker than skunks, higher than kites. Next thing you know, the highway patrol was there hauling them off. For all I know, they might still be in prison today or dead. They had no desire. Absolutely no desire. But then there were others that really had already been through the process that I was just starting. And they were my counselors. They were the people that would, would conduct the group therapy and conduct the sessions, and they were the people that would lecture, and they was, these were the people that had 25 and 30 years of sobriety under their belt. These people, in my book, were people to watch. These people were people to learn from, to notice and understand the process that they went through so I could get to where they are. And by God's grace, the last time I ever used anything was in, gee, I don't even know, December 18, 1974. That's a few years ago. But you see, I, what I want you to see is I had a vision. 
And that vision came from others that had gone before me. That vision came from those who had already overcome and were still overcoming. I remember my counselor telling me when I was in treatment, he said, there's two types of people in here. There's winners and there's losers. And he says, Mark, follow the winners. And so I just purpose in my heart, I consider that to be a word from God. I purpose in my heart way back there in the 70s to follow the people who are winning. The Bible said, through faith and patience, we follow those who have already won the victory. Amen? Be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so, God will give you vision. He will increase your ability to see yourself out of that disease. He'll give you vision to see yourself out of that debt. Come on, somebody. To see yourself out of that addiction. To see yourself overcoming that sin. He changes us by what we see. What are you looking at? What are you spending your days watching? See, we are spirit beings. And I want to get into this now. Are you ready? We, We are spirit beings. Created and made by God Himself to feed on vision. There's a spiritual law that is so very real in my heart, and that is this. You become what you behold. Say it with me. What I behold, I will become. And so I think we need to take heed to this. Because there's a lot of forces outside of these will walls vying for our attention. Amen? Sometimes there's forces right in here vying for your attention called texting while you're preaching. <laughs> or taking notes, that's right. Thank you, Brother George. Just like God will work on your vision, the enemy will work on your vision. You know, he's all the time trying to get us to watch his videos. Watch his sin. Watch perversion. Watch violence. Watch failure. He has HD. He has discs upon discs upon discs of you failing. Of you dying. Of you going broke. Now it hasn't happened. It's just fiction. But he knows that if he can get your attention to watch his high-definition devil vision, it will produce an image of failure in your life that eventually you'll adapt to and change to. I said it's HD. High-definition. My Bible says that we are to cast down imaginations in every high thing. Come on. See, those things that are high in His eyes 
are low and below your feet. So I'm encouraging you this morning, don't watch his DVDs. His demonic vision deceiving saints. That's what a DVDs is. Demonic vision deceiving the saints. Turn it off. Shut it down. Pull it down. Pull the plug. Give no place. Rise up. Resist. Cast down. Cast out. And cut down. Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) Feed on life. Feed on strength. Feed on joy. Feed on peace. Imagine yourself winning. Imagine yourself getting stronger. See yourself the way that God sees you. God will begin then to help you to develop a vision three ways. Number one, through his word. Look at John chapter 14, verse 8 and 9. How does he get vision in us? How does he get vision in us? I know for me, man, (laughs) I've come up to some places in life where I really didn't have the vision that I could do this. I didn't really didn't have the vision. Way back in the 80s, when we walked into Marina High School, where it was just this huge property, and uh, they took us in there and they showed it to us, and I just looked at the person I was with, this is just too big for us, and walked out. But you know what? God began to put vision in me. He began to change what I saw on the inside before I could do it on the outside. And over the process of time, I was enabled and empowered to take hold of that particular facility because God gave me vision. But he did it three ways. Number one, he did it through his word. And that's how he'll do it for you. There's no sense of, of me, and there's no sense of you trying to act like we're somewhere we're not. Amen? I think that in this message of faith, we need to be sober-minded. The Bible says that we're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, where someone else is at in faith isn't going to help you. It may inspire you. But if you're here and someone else is here, don't try to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish up here. You need to be functioning and operating right where you're at. Amen? Amen. Well, you know, I'm going to believe God for three homes, all right? Start by paying off the first one. Start by making your payment on time. Amen? Well, I'm I'm going to have a wardrobe just like that person. Start by believing God for socks. That's where it begins. Increase begins on the inside of you. And the worst thing you can do is compare yourself with somebody else. I'm inspired by others. I can see what others are doing because they've seen what the Father wants for them. I can see that and be inspired by that and follow that, but I've still got a process I've got to go through. Are you here? And so don't deny that process. And don't be deceived by thinking you're somewhere that you're not. 
Well, so-and-so gave a car. I'm going to give my car, and I'm going to get a car. Did God tell you to give that car? And is the giving of your automobile quality giving? Or has it got 200,000 miles on it and all beat up, and you're going to sow it to somebody? Oh, yeah, it needs fixing, but here it is. And you're going to believe God for a Rolls Royce? I don't think so. There ain't no get-rich-quick schemes with God. And there's no guarantee that just because someone else did it, you can do it and have the same result that they had. Because there is the Holy Spirit's leading involved here. Amen? Okay, well, uh, we're moving right along here. Hallelujah! Let's take a praise break right now. Glory to God. Woo, glory. Say with me, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you. I, I, I've seen many young Christians that are no longer in church today because they tried to work a formula rather than having the principles of faith and the principles of increase in their lives. Well, I'm going to give this $30,000 and I'm going to have a hundredfold return by next week. I sure hope so, but probably not. All excited, all on the ceiling, all just, woo, glory. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the moment of inspiration. And don't get me wrong, inspiration is good. We rejoice with those who rejoice. But really, you're going to live by the information you have on the inside of you. And that information comes three ways. That information comes three ways. And it's a process. It's not an overnight deal. That's why I tell people, you know, nurture your marriage. Nurture your marriage. Well, this guy has a great marriage. I'm going to have a marriage just like them. But what are you doing to nurture your marriage? Are you going to classes? Are you going to seminars? Are you feeding along the lines of those things that your goals are in and for? Well, I just believe that... I better not go there. (laughs) John 14. Are you all still here? All right. John 14. Look with me at verse 8 and verse 9. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be sufficient for me. Show me the Father. Look at verse 9. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, Philip? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me, pay attention to that, he that hath seen me, come on, he that has seen me, this deals with vision, hath seen the Father. Jesus is saying, when you see me, 
you see the Father. Say that with me. When I see Him, I see the Father. Wow. When I see Jesus, I see the Father. Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing, but whatever I see the Father do, that's when I'm enabled to do it. Don't try to do something you haven't seen. See it here first. If you can see Jesus doing it, and you can see his father doing it, and you have the green light for you to do it, then you do it. Say with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I'm created in the class of God. And I'm designed by my creator to feed on vision. Pray this with me. Lord, help me to see that which you'd have me to see. Now, he is, Jesus is, he is the word made flesh. When you see him, you see the Father. When you open up this perfect law of liberty, oh, come on, somebody, and you behold it and you stay in it, that's seeing Jesus and that's having the Father talking directly to you. Mm -mm -mm. How many of you know that words are not just letters linked together? When I see the word dog, you don't see the letters D-O-G. You may see your dog. You may see another dog. Pay attention now. Words are containers. Words are like cups. Words are like bowls. And words contain something. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and come on, they are life. So spiritual words contain spiritual quantity, spiritual quality, and supply. And so when God speaks, there is no word that he ever will speak that is void of power. When God speaks to you, there's always something to see. How many of you have just opened up the Word of God with expectation? And you may have read a verse just last week, and it was casually observed. But the Holy Spirit illuminated it for you. And it's like that Word just jumped off those pages into your heart, and you said, I see it! I see it! I see it. I submit to you, the more time that you spend in this word, the more you will see. The more you will see. You know, as a pastor, I just have a whole lot of desire 
and a whole lot of vision in my heart. But I cannot go off half-cocked before I literally see in my spirit that that is the right thing to do for this season and for this hour. Until you can see it, you can't do it. You may try it, but you'll fail. Because the difficult times will come. But when you see it on the inside of you, and it's confirmed by the Word and confirmed by the Spirit, they may try to beat it out of you with a baseball bat, but they cannot because you are a man, you are a woman with vision. So I just dropped by this morning, first of all, to tell you that I love you, but more importantly, God loves you. And that your future that he has for you is absolutely bright. And that it is his will for you to increase in peace and joy in your marriage. How many of you could use some increase in your retirement fund? Don't look at me like, what's that? You know, your 60s are coming soon. Now, I didn't believe that when I was in my 30s. But I believe it now. Amen. Well, but Pastor, I, just, I have the feeling that everything's going to be all right. That's good to have a feeling that everything's going to be all right. But don't live by your feelings. Live by the seeds that you sow. Amen? You know, if you want an increase for retirement, you've got to put something away. And you have to stop spending so much. No, my name is not Dave Ramsey. My name is Mark Thomas, and I approve of this message. Amen. Let's thank him for the word today. Glory to God. Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. How many of you see your children growing strong in the Lord? How many of you see your grandbabies strong? You know, as a grandparent, as a mom and dad, you've got a lot to do with that. Speaking faith-filled words over them. Praying for them. Believing God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray the eyes of our heart would be flooded with light. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. We're just on the tip of some things, Lord, but I believe that that's, that's enough for today. Thank you, Master. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Help us to see, Lord, that we are spirit beings. Help us to see that we have ground in our heart. Lord, help us to know that we can sow the right seeds continuously in our lives. Lord, we may not know when. We certainly may not know how, but we know that you're the God of the increase. And for some, Lord, it's just like a little bud. But Lord, as we just continue along these lines of living by faith and not by sight, we'll surely see harvest come. I pray for a greater harvest of peace in your people's lives today. I pray for a harvest of joy, Lord, 
an increase of the fruit of righteousness. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, let's just pray in a little bit. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. So no longer will we feed on the spirit of this age and the spirit of this world, but we'll feed on your word and feed by what the spirit of God gives us. Hallelujah. I just, in my heart, I feel like I'm supposed to say this. Stop feeding on those bad reports. Stop feeding on that. Yeah, the report came back, and it's, it's not a good report. But stop feeding on it. Stop thinking on that. Get your mind in another place. Get your mind over on God's Word. Get your mind over on God's glory. And get your mind over on the grace of God. Amen? Be more consumed with the good report and be less concerned about the bad report. It's what the book of Isaiah says, whose report will you believe? As for me and my house, we're going to believe the report of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Say it with me, I'm believing, I'm believing. and I'm receiving, I'm receiving the report of the Lord. The